a season where we literally have to be literal about stopping and listening to the voice of God. But I love the testimonies that we've gotten here recently of people who have been praying and seeking God uh, in the small, the, the young lions, small group uh, that met the other day. This is a group of men that pastor pours into and teaches and uh, they kind of reflect a little bit on what God's doing in their life. It's a group of young men who feel a, a calling on their lives. They feel like they know that God has a calling. And then this has been such an awesome anointed time gathering. And pastor gave reports of some that were sharing what the word of God was speaking to them in their private devotion times. Have you ever had a time where the Lord speaks to you in a great way in your prayer and devotion time? in your alone time with him. And I just love seeing what God is doing. My goodness, uh, if you haven't seen on the Kids Ministries page, Amy and Jason Bailey did a wonderful, I mean a wonderful illustrative message on, on called it God's Puzzle. And how God takes the pieces and parts, the negativity, and, but he gets a hold of our lives and begins to put the pieces together. And then he transforms and he flips everything over. Amen. How many is glad for transformation this evening? How many is glad for transformation this evening? So we appreciate them, appreciate this kids' ministries team and everything they're doing for the Lord. I'm also excited to hear that they're going to be kick-starting senior Bible studies again on Wednesday yeah, mornings. Yeah. Can Amen. we give the Lord a shout for that also? <laughs> Praise God. I tell you what, you never know. There, What's that? First and third Wednesdays for now. First and third Wednesdays for now. You're hearing more about that on the Facebook page and in announcements and that sort of thing. So uh, grab a hold of your bulletins and announcements and such. Let me tell you something. When God's seniors get together and pray, great things happen. Amen. Great things begin to happen. I wonder if we could do something tonight. Could you stand to your feet and look? I, I, I won't. I know I made you nervous. I just wanted a little background music for a minute. She, That's all. I started to say she could play. Amen. I tell you what, could you stand to your feet? Could you smile and wave at about five people? Even call their name out loud and say, hey, it's good to see you tonight. Hey. Appreciate you so very much. Oh, my goodness, good people. Hi, Callie. How you doing? Good to see you. Amen. Amen. Somebody make Callie a greeter. Amen. Somebody do that. Make her a greeter. She represents our church so well. Thank you all so very much. While you're standing to your feet, can you go with me to the Gospel of Mark chapter 8? Amen. I got you. Excuse me, not 8, chapter 9. Pray for me, saints. Pray for me, saints. Amen. As I said, doing announcements Sunday, I'm one of those things called a human being. I'm one of those things called a human being. And I do things and I have bumps in the road. But Mark's Gospel, chapter 9. If you would go with me, starting at verse 14. I feel a very strong leading to preach. Kind of a continuation of the vein that Pastor has been on. Along the lines of never give up. Never give up. And tonight, I feel a leading to preach a message entitled, Overcoming Helplessness. I'm going to preach a message entitled Overcoming Helplessness. But in Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, beginning with verse 14, it says and declares this. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him 
all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him, and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at his mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, lowercase h-i-m, to capital h-i-m. And when he saw h-i-m, and when he, the boy who battled the spirit, saw h-i-m, capital h-i-m, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he, capital H-E, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, the father, from childhood. And often he has thrown him and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I want to give that a Pentecostal once over. Is that okay? Verse 23 again. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Somebody just give the word of God a praise break right there and glorify the Lord to him who believes. Who believeth upon him shall have everlasting life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to keep going with that. <laughs> Verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, now I tell you what, I'm going to get at the end of my message. I'm going to emphasize this verse of scripture. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Mm. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, 
This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Father, I thank you for the power and the truth of your word tonight. I thank you for the endurance of your word. Father, it is already anointed and powerful, but I, your messenger, am asking you tonight that you would give me, God, a, a boldness to preach your word tonight. Father, I pray that we would receive revelation and insight and empowerment by the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. As I said just a few moments ago, I'd like to preach a message entitled tonight, Overcoming Helplessness. Overcoming Helplessness. Overcoming Helplessness. See, helplessness is a mentality. It's a spirit that is battled with. It is a weight and an oppression on one's life. In fact, helplessness is a state of mind that makes one declare that I have reached the end of my line. I have come to a crossroads, therefore I'm just going to cope with and deal with whatever it is I'm dealing with because I am helpless. Helplessness in all honesty, I tell you what it is. It's an entrapment of the enemy. It's a snare and a trap of the enemy. Because it makes you think once you are engulfed in it, there is no possible way out. There is no possible venue, hallway, door, direction, any kind of way you can get out of this situation. It's almost like you're wrapped up in ropes and you can't break yourself loose and you can't free yourself and you can't find any kind of relief whatsoever. It kind of smothers you, so to speak. You know, it's that a claustrophobic feeling. I, many times people that I, I know who have been a claustrophobic have had to go through MRIs. And they say there is nothing worse than being a claustrophobic and having to have an MRI. Because you're in that small capsule, that, that small area. And on top of that, you can't move at all. Otherwise, you're going to have to do the test over again. Honey, those things are tough. I had to have one when I had a kidney stone. I got told I couldn't move when I had a kidney stone. Let me tell you, that was rough. Being encapsulated, being entombed, that's what helplessness is. It makes you think you're trapped. It makes you think there's no way out. It makes you think that there's no possible way you're going to see victory over this. See, Scripture tells us about a father who had a son. And when Jesus had asked him how long he had this, he had from childhood. So that verse verbiage right there tells us that he had battled with this ailment and with this condition for a number of years and the father probably woke up every single morning and said 
Okay, here I am in my helpless situation again. I'm in my helplessness again. My son, we've got to go wake him up. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to step into his condition again. I don't know if he's going to seize. I don't know if he's going to fall. I don't know if he's going to convulse, but that's okay because I'm in a helpless situation and it's just what I'm going to have to deal with and I got this. I'm strong. I'm, I'm capable. I'm able to overtake this in this helpless situation. I'm able to overtake this. But have you ever noticed something about helpless situations? Helpless situations, kind of, we get to where we worship the situation and we forget who to truly worship. Helplessness will drain us to an extent that we think we're stuck in this and we begin to worship the situation more than we begin to worship the Lord. And it becomes a part of our life more than it becomes a part of our relationship with the Lord. You ever notice that about situations? I can't volunteer. I can't serve in ministry because I've got this situation. I can't go to church because of this situation. I can't pray because of this situation. I can't get into the Word of God because of this situation. Helpless situations have a tendency to brand us and mark us and put a declaration up over our lives. It's a spirit that we battle with. But there's something about helplessness that Jesus brings to light. When he's speaking about the situation of the, boy's, of the boy and the father had brought him to the disciples, Jesus didn't comfort them in their helplessness. Of this, and I mean here, the disciples, there is nothing there is nothing that will cause a bigger argument or dispute than when it comes over praying over people and believing demons to be cast out and that sort of thing. It becomes a big dispute. It becomes a big, I mean, heaven's sakes. It's just, it's all helpless. It's all helpless. And we think we cannot get out of this whatsoever. But see, Jesus did something in the declaration of somebody saying, we're helpless in the situation. Jesus didn't say you're helpless. Jesus said you're faithless. And now here we are. We've declared ourselves helpless. Jesus says, no, you ain't helpless, honey. You're faithless. And I want to let you know something. Don't forget, if you have faith in me, you can have freedom over all things. Mm, hallelujah. In Matthew's account, in the Gospel of Matthew, the account records that the Father came to, to Jesus and he said, I, I, can you help my son? He is, a, he is an epileptic, the new King James says. Uh, the, the King James version says kind of a not so politically correct term. He says he's a lunatic <laughs> in the King James version in the Gospel of Matthew. See, the father came to Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew and declares it as though it was a physical fleshly ailment. And the Bible talks about how the father would speak, spoke to Jesus and he said, 
He tries to throw himself in fire. He tries to throw himself in water. And I have to go and I have to try to pull him up out of the fire. I've got to try and go pull him up out of the water. Every time this spirit comes upon him, it's like he goes into this state of self-mutilation, hurting himself, killing himself. But do you see something in the Gospel of Matthew? The father came to Jesus and said he had an ailment. He had a physical condition. He, he, he's, he's got a sickness. But then Jesus kind of flips the coin on something. Because at the ending of this account in the Gospel of Matthew, it's still similar to the Gospel of Mark. Because Jesus didn't lay hands and heal his sickness, Jesus cast out a spirit. Jesus didn't heal him of a physical issue. He cast out a spirit. You know what the revelation is behind that? See, the father for many years had fought this off in a fleshly manner. He had did everything that the flesh could possibly do to save his sons and to keep his son up out of the fire and keep his son up, up out of the water and try to salvage the life of his son in the flesh. I tell you what, I got to give some love and exhortation tonight to some people who have done everything they can to keep their children out of the fire. Because some of y'all have been standing in the corner of your children for a whole lot of years and you've been saying, nope, you're not getting into the fire. Another thing, you're not going to drown yourself in the water. I'm not going to lose you. You're not going to die. But I want to give some exhortation tonight that you're not going to battle this in the flesh anymore because this is a spiritual battle. We're not in the flesh battle. We're in a spiritual battle right now. We're not existing to argue. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against men. We wrestle not against women. We wrestle against spirits. And the word of God declares we have victory over them. We're not in a flesh fight. We're in a spiritual fight. See, I wonder right now if that man had his son at doctors uh, trying to figure out what was going on with him, uh, trying to find the cure, uh, trying to find the hope. Uh, because I know without a doubt that that man's life was ruled uh, and overtaken by his son's condition, uh, by his son's spirit uh, that he has battled with. Uh, I could almost guarantee you uh, that that man would lay at night in the bed uh, and cry himself to sleep at times. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would blog about his struggles, which that's okay. Sometimes emotions are okay to address. But I want to let some children of God know tonight, it's time to transition the battle from the flesh and declare I'm not fighting in the flesh, I'm fighting in the spirit. Jesus, the man declared it to be a physical ailment, but Jesus still cast out an unclean spirit. Hallelujah. 
in the midst of the helplessness, Jesus made the declaration that no, we're not helpless, we're just faithless. And now it's the hour for us to declare who our faith is in, who our trust is in, who our hope is in. It may sound a little fundamental, me going down this vein and me saying this, honey, it's time to get away from the disciples and start running after Jesus and start running after him, start believing him, start listening to him. Hallelujah. I got excited a little too quick. Can we give the Lord a praise break tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some believe that there was this dispute happening here at the beginning of this account around Mark's gospel, chapter 9, verse 14. There's this dispute happening amongst the scribes and amongst the disciples. Some believe it could have very well been that the scribes were criticizing the disciples because of the lack of ability to cast out the unclean spirits. I mean, it could have been just about anything, to be honest with you. Kind of a similarity in culture. We can argue about this side likes crunchy peanut butter, this side likes creamy peanut butter. <laughs> Honey, I just love peanut butter. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Am I making you hungry tonight? McClure's is probably going to get some money tonight out of this crowd. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. I think the McClure family are to thank the Gallia County Church crowd. Amen. You know what I'm talking about every evening service. I see church people at that old blue building. <laughs> oh, but here Jesus walks up and he finds himself. What is happening is he's transcending from we all know as the Mount of Transfiguration. I mean this huge scenario and situation where he reveals himself to Peter, James, and John. You ever look at the accounts, the four Gospels, and you see the fleshliness of the disciples? But then you love it because it's like after the book of Acts, something happens. And they're like preaching in front of kings saying, I don't care if you're going to behead me, you know. Or then, you know, uh, John could, somebody could probably tell John, John, don't worry, it's not the end of the world. And then Jesus would be like, I'm going to show you the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the transition that begins to happen in, in the book of Acts and forward. But the fleshliness of the disciples throughout the Gospels. The faithlessness. A spiritual situation turned into a debate. A spiritual situation turned and flipped over into a debate. Into a great argument. Into a great disagreement between two sides. I love how Jesus cultivates as though he's walking up to the crowd saying, what is the discussion happening here? But it's like scripture almost makes it as though that argument quits. Because that man walks up to Jesus and says, can you do something for my son? I mean, instantaneously... 
the discussion is over and we go right into the accounts of this possessed boy this boy who battled with a spirit being healed there's no address of the arguments it's a segue into the account of the miracle you want to know something about a miracle they are the greatest evangelistic tool you could ever have and the gospel of Jesus Christ spreads like wildfire when there's evidence of a miracle. I was going to preach this several days ago, and this did not come to me just last night. But I believe that it is a season for the church to step aside from the debate and the argument and just begin to believe for the miracle and begin to believe that the helpless situation be turned around because honey there ain't anything on Capitol Hill that's going to turn around helplessness but I do know the one who's able to turn helpless situations around I know the one who at his voice has the power and the authority over unclean spirits I know the one with the authority over illnesses and disease I know the one with provision in his hands I I know the voice of salvation and it is not any politician or leader his name is Jesus Christ Honey, I don't care what the scribes are saying. I don't care what the scribes are doing. I don't care what the scribes are saying. I don't care who's arguing, who's debating. Jesus, I know this. I've got a son with an unclean spirit. And I know you're the one with the authority and power to set him free. Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Somebody give him a shout. Hallelujah. There's a breaking away from the fleshly approach of dispute. And there's a crying out to Jesus and a believing him and a trusting him. Jesus looks at them and says, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Bring them to him. Take them to him. Take your burdens to him. Take your children to him. Take your finances to him him take your employers to him take your disparity to him take your depression to him take your sickness to him take it to him oh oh my god see what happens is that in the midst of the faithless generation he still holds and contains the miraculous power granted church people and Christians might lose their minds in the midst of a test and faith might drain away from them but isn't it so encouraging to know that he has not lost his power he has not lost his authority he has not lost his ability he has not lost his dominative authority over the enemy bring them to him hallelujah 
He even said, he said in another gospel, he said, oh, perverse generation, you faithless, you perverse generation, you generation who runs toward evil, who seeks evil, who seeks the things that defy me. Oh, you seek the things that, that regard, have no faith and have no regard whatsoever to me. But let me tell you something, even in the midst of the craziness, Jesus is still able. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and they brought him to brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately they brought lowercase H I M to capital H I M. And when he saw capital H I M, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. The curse. The oppression. The possession. Many years had been witnessed by a father. Many upon many upon many years had been witnessed by a father. And the father lived a life of persistence keeping that boy out of what could harm him. The gospel of Luke records that the father even reported that he would bruise himself from these convulsions that would happen. These seizures that would happen to him. They had such a self mutilating effect is that almost not a prophetic telling of us seeing young generations mutilate and hurt themselves and what has happened is parents have helplessly kept them up out of the fire Helplessly kept them up out of the fire, doing only what they know to possibly do. Helplessness, functioning in helplessness, is when you sweep away the spider webs. Faith is when you kill the spider. Get a hold of the core of things. Rattle things to the core. Hopelessness is running through the motions. Faith is seeing transformation. Faith is seeing transformation begin to take place. I believe RPCOG has some parents who have operated and functioned in helplessness now for a long time. Taking everything, doing everything possible to keep your children out of the fire. Pulling them out of the fire, pulling them out of the water. Some are even at, in adult years and you're still doing everything you can to pull and keep them out of the fire. 
You have tried to talk to people and consult with people, but you realize their wisdom and knowledge has only come so far. You've maybe even consulted with doctors, but their knowledge and wisdom has only come so far. I believe there was an epiphany in that father's life that day. Saying, I've had it with the wisdom of man. I'm tired of sweeping up the spider webs. I declare now that I'm killing the spider. And this authority and this spirit that has taken over my son his entire life is now going to be gone. Can I ask you a transparent question this morning? Who's ready to declare that we've got power over the spider? Who's ready to declare we've got authority and power over the spider? I'm going to quit existing. I'm going to quit kind of just skipping along and coping with this and dealing with this. I'm declaring there's freedom over these spirits that our children have been battling with. I'm declaring tonight that I'm killing the spider. Amen. Jesus said in verse 23 it says, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Belief is not an outward manifestation first. It's an inward revelation. It's an inward spiritual revelation first. And it says in verse 24, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right then at that hour, he put his belief at a certain measure. Saying, I have belief, but I need the belief that I have to be extended and to grow and to expand. I don't want to stay at the same place. That, that man was saying, I, I, right now, I believe that God is good while my son is dealing with this spirit. But now I not only believe that God is good, but I believe he's one who's able to set my son free. <laughs> so right now I have believed God through my son battling the unclean spirits, but now I want the unbelief to be gone and to be taken away. Mm. My belief that I do have, I want to see it grow. In verse 25, it says, When Jesus saw that the people came running together, once again, miracles will draw. He rebuked the unclean spirits, saying to it, Death and dumb spirits, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. If you read back in verse 14, this man comes to Jesus and he declares that his son is a what? He's a mute. Mute is the inability to speak. But when Jesus goes and casts out the unclean spirit, 
Jesus does, you, you notice something here in Scripture? Jesus doesn't just speak to a spirit of mute. He speaks that his ears be opened also. Mm. To where what's happened is the boy with an unclean spirit, the fleshly father, perceived that the spirit was just mute. But when Jesus goes to cast it out, Jesus knows it's not just mute, he's also got a deaf spirit. In other words, Jesus was casting out spirits that the fleshly father never perceived. He was declaring your mouth is not just going to be open, but your ears are also going to be open. Oh, I tell you, we like to exercise the power of the mouth, don't we? <laughs> oh, Lord, we like to exercise the power of the mouth, don't we? Or maybe we like to exercise the power of the, the, the mouths on our fingers on social media. Click, 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 click. The spirit of the click. Click, 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 click. We want to declare, oh, God, loosen my mouth. Loosen my mouth. Open my mouth. Open my mouth. Open my mouth. When the whole time Jesus saying, okay, I'll open your mouth, but you also need your ears open too. You need to have the ears open to where you're not just able to speak, you're able to hear. But therefore, something right now just hit me. That the Spirit, that maybe cut off communication for him to just simply hear the soothing words of his Father. To where there's that communication, that soothing words of his father because if you have ever seen that like when a child gets in a certain way there's that certain tone of voice that the parents are able to speak into the soothing see there was a spirit that hindered the boy from communicating but it also hindered him from obtaining peace and Jesus said this unclean spirit of you being mute you being deaf and dumb is going. The devil wants to rob people from their ears. They want to rob them from their ears and not just their mouths. Yeah, we need mouths, but there's something about the ear. Because it's the ear that the word of God says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> see, see, because the devil wants to block the truth. And the more he blocks the truth, the more he is able to bring about and stifle with his unclean spirits. But Jesus says, this is the hour where not just mouths will be open, but ears will be open also. Ears will be open also. Ears be open also. Wow. So in an hour where God 
wants to use mouthpieces? He does. But let me tell you something. It's an hour where he needs our ears to be open to him. In the midst of helplessness is the hour we've got to be sensitive. It's, it's imperative to be sensitive to the voice of God. Because it's with that voice where Jesus cast out that unclean spirit. It's with that same voice Jesus spoke to a storm and commanded serenity and calmness. the winds and the waves is what he wants to bring to you folks peace right now in the name of Jesus Christ in Jesus name Jesus name right now if there's a, a connection that the Holy Ghost is making as I just declare the word peace right now I want you to lift up your hand to heaven in Jesus name peace in the name of Jesus Christ 